Well, earlier this week, former Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart announced he has returned to Simon Fraser University after losing the mayoral race to Ken Sim. Mr. Stewart is the new director of the Centre for Public Policy Research. Uh, Stewart was already a tenured associate professor when he took a 12-year leave of absence um, to serve as a member of parliament and then mayor of Vancouver from 2018 to 2022. Now, according to SFU, Stewart will release a book later this year titled Decrim, How We Decriminalize Drugs in British Columbia. Kennedy Stewart joins us now. Mr. Stewart, thank you for joining us today. Hey, great to be here, Jeff. Uh, a huge change for you. Uh, you're back to SFU, uh, one would argue your academic home. Uh, what's it like getting back to academia? Well, I mean, I did enjoy politics for over a decade, both in Ottawa and at City Hall, but uh, I do really miss writing and teaching. So uh, I've been uh, back in the hallways talking to students and getting ready to uh, teach some courses. So I'm really, really excited to get back to it. And I love SFU. It's such a great university. Mm-hmm. Now, you're coming out with a new book, and I do believe it's coming out in May, called Decrim, How We Decriminalize Drugs in British Columbia. Uh, what um, was the impetus for you, the desire for you? It's one thing to be involved in the policy conversation and implementation, but what uh, was the desire? What forced you to say, you know what, i got to write a book about this? Well, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it's, it's you know, one of the biggest health policy disasters in the country. I mean, we have one person a day dying here of toxic drugs uh, in, in the city and almost seven a day across the province, and it's just getting worse. And so that scale of human tragedy is, is uh, you know, it's something should be at the top of all our agendas. And uh, for me, the book is about uh, policy change. It's about how decriminalization is, is a big change. It's, it's probably close to, um, you know, legalizing cannabis, and those, those two things are different, but they're, it's a big policy change, and I think we really need to talk about it and understand it because it, it will make some difference. Uh, and and I do think it's important for the public to understand how we got here. And for our public, it's important to also know uh, that as of January 31st, people age 18 and older will be able to possess up to a, a cumulative two and a half grams of opioids, cocaine, methamphetamines, and MDA, MDMA within the province. Um, that's a lower threshold than, I guess, the four and a half grams that is presently um, the law. Uh, in many ways, some would argue police have not been picking people up or arresting them when it comes to having some of the those very drugs uh, in their possession for personal use. We, to a certain degree, indirectly have decriminalized a long time ago, have we not, in practice? Yeah, I mean, that's a really a great point to bring up, and this would not have happened without the support of uh, uh, Vancouver Police Chief Adam Palmer and the National Association of Police Chiefs, who are behind decriminalization, and you're right, the VPD have not been arresting people or charging people for the possession of drugs, for uh, hard drugs, for quite a long time. But there's a couple of problems with that. First of all, uh, the, the police officer can be placing themselves at risk by kind of turning a, a blind eye to, to somebody that's holding a specific level of drugs because they're bound to enforce the laws of Canada. And so that has always been a gray area, and I think that's why the, the police chiefs are at least partly uh, supportive of this. Uh, the second is, though, police still seize drugs. And so if you're, say, caught for shoplifting or something and you have drugs on you, police often seize those drugs. And what happens is then the drug user is pushed into very risky behavior to, uh, to kind of get, uh, to get their, next, uh, their next fix. 
and I think that is uh, that's been kind of the, um, a silent theme that uh, that this will uh, this will now correct. And I think that those are two things that are that are going to be very helpful. Uh, how massive is this transition uh, that will begin uh, February first? It it's it's biggest for police officers, and I would say police officers outside of Vancouver. So again. Vancouver, the city of Vancouver has been at the center of drug policy reform for a very long time. Uh, first needle exchange in in Canada back in the back in the 80s, and then of course the supervised consumption sites, and and so I think the police here are, are very well versed in in harm reduction and and why it's valuable. But it's the police in in other communities around the province that are. Uh, they're going to have to make the biggest adjustments. And, and I think what will be very interesting is to see what the RCMP does, who, of course, uh, police so many of the small communities around the province. Um, what was it like um, having these conversations at the city level as mayor, but also as a former member of parliament um, at the House of Commons? Uh, talk to me a little bit about the transition, the conversation within government at the federal and municipal level that has actually led to this uh, moment that's coming on February 1st for you. What was it like in the corridors of power behind those closed doors? And I think that's where I can add value is, is you know, having one-on-one conversations with the prime minister and various health ministers as, I mean, for example, uh, back early in my mayor's tenure, uh, the prime minister said right to my face twice that he was never going to decriminalize drugs. And I think it's important to show how pressure from the local community, from, from healthcare professionals, uh, from police, from First Nations, and uh, from uh, various uh, mayors and councillors around uh, British Columbia really changed the mind of the Prime Minister and, and got us to where we are now. So the book that I'm writing kind of provides an account of that. And, and I think why it's useful is because you know, we're far from out of this problem. This decriminalization will, I think, have some impact on reducing uh, that's due to toxic drugs, but it won't go all the way. And um, how do we move governments to do to a more progressive uh, drug policy is uh, is what I hope will come uh, for others who are, are taking up this charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there have been some there's been some criticism uh, about this decriminalization policy. Uh, some folks have have said that look. It will not save lives, although some have said it's a step in the right direction. But there have been critics who said, look, uh, we haven't been able to save lives even with BC's sort of harm reduction, particularly Vancouver's harm reduction policies. Uh, I think Jason Kenney at one point, the former Premier of Alberta, even said he was alarmed at uh, this, what was happening in Vancouver in regards to decriminalizing um, the 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 possession of a small amount of uh, of drugs, hard drugs. What do you say to those who are still very much concerned at this policy? They say this is the wrong way to go. This is not how you help these people. Well, just like the pandemic, I mean, I follow the uh, the health policy research and the advice of of the doctors who uh, who are in this every day. And so that's really what drove my awareness of this. I mean, if you see early quotes from me, uh, even as early as 2019, I was saying that this decriminalization wasn't something we would pursue, but then myself was convinced to go after this and then um, had like-minded people in, in Ottawa who, who kind of helped move this change along. Uh, so there are critics on both sides. You just have to look at my Twitter feed to see the, <laughs> the kind of, uh, the kind of I would say, hard left and hard right, um, you know, the hard left saying, you know, you're, you're capitalizing on people's misery and 
and this isn't going to make anything. You're just you're just a, a giant egomaniac, whatever. That's that's uh, you know sticks and stones. But on the other side, you have folks who uh, are frankly biased against drug users. They think they're somehow lesser humans. Just the deplorable things that you that you read online or hear what's said to your face is those are the two poles and in an increasingly polarized um, political climate, it's not surprising. My uh, my attempt is to try to reach the, the reasonable middle uh, and to try to, to help move this along, building on the good work of, of those who have come before me, who have been very many and have, and have really uh, done a lot to, uh, to, to move these policies along. If you're just joining us, we are speaking to Kennedy Stewart, former mayor of Vancouver, former member of parliament, now uh, back to his academic home at Simon Fraser University, where uh, he has authored a book called Decrim, uh, how we decriminalize drugs in British Columbia. The book is coming out um, uh, in May. Um, when did you decide to write it? I'm just curious. Like, was it was it a case right after election day? Said I got to get this done, or you, were, <laughs> were you? Which is which is a pretty fast book. But it, I mean, you you must have been keeping notes, writing, uh, even as your time as mayor when it comes to this book. Yeah, I mean, this is my my fifth book. Um, when I was a member of Parliament, I, I managed to, to do two. Uh, one I'm really proud of. I um, co-edited with uh, Michael Chong, who's a Conservative MP, and Scott Sims, who's a former uh, former Liberal MP. So it was a real cross-partisan effort. Uh, so I really enjoy writing. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I was uh, keeping notes all the way along, thinking that this might be something, if it came true, that people would be interested in. And now. Um, you know, at my job at, at Simon Fraser as an academic, you, you're supposed to produce uh, published research. So, uh, yeah, so it fits in very well with the current position that I hold. And again, I, I really love writing, and I think uh, I think it's a story worth worth telling. So, yep, uh, right after the election, I uh, talked to my uh, publisher Douglas McIntyre and asked him if they were interested in this. And now I'm just turning my notes into. Um, you know, something that people can decipher and, and uh, think about. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious, um, you know, there's going to be folks listening to this saying, wait a minute, where does law enforcement fit into this in regards to law and order? Where does accountability fits into this in regards to, you know, people at least knowing that they could end up in jail uh, in, in regards to this issue? What do you say to those who say, look, law and order and accountability uh, should also be part of uh, whatever drug policy that we have. What do you say to that argument? Well, that's that's why I thought it was important that really this uh, the the provincial um, application for a federal exemption to decriminalize came from the city's uh, application. So we had submitted an application to Health Canada. And that application had the support of uh, Chief Palmer, who's, who sat on a, a panel that uh, helped design uh, this policy and had the support of, of the national police chiefs as well. So uh, this would not have moved ahead without, uh, without the, um, you know, the partnership with police, who in the end, this is, uh, this is about policing. It's about changing uh, police policy and, and really removing, removing them a little bit further from the lives of drug users who are... Uh, dying when it comes to uh, all the regular stuff police do when it comes to trafficking, uh, you know, uh, I hope they redouble their efforts and to go after the folks that are bringing these poisons into our communities. So I do think there's a, a balanced approach there. It's interesting that um, Benjamin, Benjamin Perrin, who was uh, chief legal counsel to Stephen Harper, uh, reached out to me the other day, and he's also uh, had a change of heart on uh, on drug policy. Uh, Wunsch was a very staunch uh, 
you know, law and order uh, approach has now uh, changed his mind through his own experiences. So I do think that's, uh, you know, and that's what I think these kind of books are, are, are trying to do is, is to change people's minds so we can save lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you touched a little bit about uh, the criticism you, you, you've uh, received on social media. Um, you know, if, if you got to be king for a day, what would you want to change about politics? You've got significant experience uh, at the municipal level, at the federal level. Uh, you've talked to provincial politicians. I mean, you're not just talking about politics in theory. You've been in the trenches now. Uh, how much, uh, number one, what would you like to see change uh, more than well, anything uh, I, I do think, I mean, you know, I, I think about your business, for example, media, where your industry has been very hard hit with the evolution of social media and other streams, and it really has cut back on the amount of, I think, thoughtful reporting that's there. It still exists, but it's less uh, prominent than it used to be. So I would really like to see, you know, more reporters with more time to actually weigh things out and explain them to people. Uh, rather than the kind of quick hit stories that we we kind of get more often now. So a really, uh, I think, uh, more time for people to chew over things rather than just simply react would be very helpful for everyone. Uh, I do think, too, um, my experience, and I I see this uh, because I was guilty of it myself in opposition, you know, when you're you're an opposition politician, your job is to try to uh, make the government look bad and uh, so you can replace them, but the government is busy governing, so they don't really have a lot of time to defend themselves. Uh, and I think that makes a very unbalanced kind of dialogue. And you're seeing that play out nationally with, uh, I think, with uh, Pierre Polyev, who's very good at uh, at kind of whipping people up, but uh, weak on policy. And uh, say Trudeau, who's uh, having to run a country, but perhaps not as good as as attacking back at uh, at the Conservatives. So I do think there's a very strange, uh, very strange discourse that's emerged, and uh, it'd be great if, if, if media and I know your your resources are strained too, but could give a little more space for people to mm-hmm. have time to think about these tough issues. Uh, if there is a policy that you could reframe, uh, redo at the municipal level as mayor, is there one that you wish you had uh, approached differently? Yeah, I mean that's that's. Um, that's a good question. I mean, for me, next to the overdose uh, crisis, it was housing that, that still haunts us. And I pushed very hard to um, to really, you know, a lot of our cities are reserved for uh, single-family homes, you know, for uh, this kind of one family living on one lot type of thing. Uh, I think densifying uh, there allow for even six units. Uh, now, we did get a, a, a policy passed through council, but we never got it implemented. I know they're kicking it around now at City Hall, and I really hope they they go forward with it because, you know, uh, overdoses are about, about death, and that is that uh, that is really important for us to, to really the top issue as far as I'm concerned. But housing is, is a huge impact on – housing costs have a huge impact on – Families and residents, and I and I really hope, and I and I do hope, I do see that David Eby as a new premier is trying very hard, and it's up now. It's up to councils to try as hard as well, uh, and then maybe we'll make some progress there. But if we could have pushed a little harder, I think that would have. Uh, that's something I would have, you know, tried to do, but didn't quite get there. Yeah. Well, Professor Stewart, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and yeah. I look forward to having you on again. I know this is going to be an issue that uh, we'll be discussing for 
in the weeks and months ahead uh, as February 1st approaches. Look forward to having you on again for your thoughts. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk to you later.